Hello, humans, and welcome to The Approach with Cal Kamuna and Patricia Deanna. So, Cal, you look adorable. Thanks. You look like a Christmas dating Grinch. <laughs> I I mean I honestly feel like I look way too festive. That's why I brought the Grinch just to like show that I don't like Christmas. I'm glad you're dressed so emo because that reflects <laughs> my feelings towards this holiday. Yeah, I'm I'm dressed dressed like your Christmas spirit. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I don't. So, yeah. So um. This week, I wanted to have a little bit of fun, so I decided to go on to Reddit and go through some online dating questions. Some of them are like from online dating thread or from the relationship thread or the dating thread, and I want you or the both of us can answer the questions, but I really want to see your responses. I've got a bunch of them, so this should be a lot of fun. What do you think? Oh, I fucking love to. I was. I thought we were just gonna. I thought we were just gonna talk about how Santa's a pedophile. But yeah, I'm totally down. <laughs> we we can talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this one's probably gonna be our most explicit episode. So if you are not 18 or over, and your parents don't want you listening to this, please don't listen. So I'll even put that up as we um. As we upload this podcast, which will hopefully be up tomorrow, Saturday, Christmas Eve. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So this one is from a woman and um, it's about mental health. So I'll start here. So the title of it is unfriended on my birthday because I told him I'm on antidepressants. So (sighs) I told this guy like a week ago, I'm on antidepressants. I didn't outright say it, but I said I was on my way to the pharmacy and he asked what I needed. And I said, in a joking way, my migraine meds and my happy pills. He didn't seem to have a problem with it, but for the past week, I haven't been hearing from him as much. He also knows I'm autistic and have a bit of a social barrier, but he said he's, that's fine. He constantly left me on open, which I'm guessing is red, uh, (laughs) but would still responded most of the time. I didn't hear from him for two days at one point. And I asked if he was still interested and he said, yes, of course he is. And he wants to meet and we'll discuss that soon. Then back to being left on opened. Today is my birthday and he sent me a, a happy birthday message. I said, thanks. He asked and asked how he was. And then he left me on open again. Then I said that I never hear from him anymore. And he responded by saying, me being on antidepressants is a problem and he doesn't want to deal with it and then unfriended me. He knew this a week ago and continued to lead me on. And when I asked if he was still interested, he then chose to unfriend me on my birthday. Ironically, this guy claimed he's sick of people leading him on and wasting his time after he led, he was led on by a girl for over a year. I'm really hurt. Is being on antidepressants really that much of a big of, of, is that much of a big deal? I'm not crazy or anything. I just have social anxiety and it helps me calm down. I'm the same person without them. Just on the inside, I panic more during social interactions. This, mm. ju- this has just ruined my whole birthday. Wow. Wow. Okay. So let me 
let me tell you this. Okay, so when I dated my my first girlfriend, um, I had my own beliefs on medication because, like, when I was in high school, teachers kept trying to get me on antidepressants uh, and a bunch of different meds. And there's a lot of content and media out there that talks badly about medication. So that is in a lot of guys' heads. One thing that I was afraid of was that when my girlfriend went on antidepressants that that she was kind of going to lose herself, that she wasn't going to be her anymore, that she wouldn't um, feel, you know, anymore. And it was scary. And, and we had arguments about it. And I remember when she got on it, there were two things that happened. One is that her episodes decreased. Like we would have fights all the time and, um, she would have those panic attacks and, um, but that decreased, but what also decreased was her empathy, like towards me, it really decreased. And it was like, it was very hard for me to, to navigate because I didn't know how to feel about it. I was like, okay. In one hand, she's doing a lot better. On the other hand, I feel like she's really cold towards me now. Uh, and she's not really responding or really listening to to what's going on. As time went on, that changed. You know, as time went on, I found that, you know, the medication maybe um, she got more tolerant to it. I have no idea, to be honest. But I think this is more of an issue of ignorance um, and fear on his end of what your situation means. Um, and it sucks. <laughs> like, it, like, there's, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go back to that person. I think that person needs to go through their own journey um, and figure their shit out or figure out, maybe they'll never figure it out. Who knows? But I I think that's a, a disqualifier and you should move on to someone who can accept <laughs> that you're on medication and that you're taking care of your mental health. Um, but yeah, that's, that just sucks. But I, but I understand to some degree why the guy might be anxious about it. Yeah, um I was going to say that I um I I have a lot of uh people around me who who take medications for different mental health issues and I actually have more issues with the people who don't who are prescribed medicines and then they don't take them. Uh those are scary situations. The people who are like pretty religious about it. And then they're also better at articulating why they need it and what it does for them. And when they're going through the process of, you know, like, Hey, my meds are changing just, you know, this is why I haven't been around or whatever. Um, and I think, um, for her in particular, she needs to make it a priority to put people around her who, um, respect that and you know respect honesty and um and transparency in that way yeah um and then you know like it, it sucks when you like someone and then you tell them something that you don't think is a big deal to them but they may have you know maybe he had past experiences with somebody especially like an inconsistent person on medication yeah. or somebody who was prescribed something at the wrong time and it left a bad impression um, so it, it's, it sucks, but find somebody who will accept you and, and get it, you know? Yeah. 
I, I also think it's about how you communicate it, right? I, I think you can change people's minds um, if your frame is strong enough. If, if you are speaking with conviction and with no shame around the topic, I think you can bring people to a level of understanding. So yeah. for example, like one of my clients is polyamorous. And when he started working with me, whenever he described his polyamory, it was always in defense mode, right? So it'd be like, by the way, I'm polyamorous, <laughs> right? Well, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, well, the way you're you're saying it is like, here's the bad news, right? Instead, right. you should be like, by the way, I'm polyamorous. And this is what like, like bring some excitement to it. Like, this is what it means to me. Like, and then, you know, people will kind of be like, oh, that's interesting. Like, tell me more. And they'll want to understand you and, and the relationship style more and then they might want to try it. Right. But right. I'm not saying that you should get people on antidepressants, but I'm saying like, you should talk about it in a, in a way where you describe how beneficial it is and how it works for you. And not in a way where you're in defense, but, but in a way where, yeah, you're like an offense or just, you're, you're almost like proud of how you're taking care of yourself. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't say much more than that. I think you're right on the, the, I, I hope this wonderful poster, I hope you find somebody who's a better fit for you because you do not deserve shame around something that's clearly helping you. Mm -hmm. All right. Next. So this is a very frustrated man next that we have. I don't know his age though. Okay. But the title of this is I fucking hate dating. (laughs) My experiences, period. One, matched with a woman, asked her out on the date. We texted every day leading up to the date. Today, the date of our date, um, she unmatched and blocked. Thank goodness I didn't blindly drive out to the date. To prep for this one, I got a haircut, beard trim, and washed the car. Oh, well. Second. Matched with a woman, asked her out on a date, and she agrees. Before the meeting, I get a text from her saying, hey, I'm super nervous about um, meeting up in person, so please be patient with me. I say, hey, no worries. Don't worry. You'll be in kind company. Smiley face. We meet at this restaurant. She came dressed very well. We talked about her job. We both work for schools. She talked about uh, her old job. And then she talked about how she likes her current job better than the old one. And then she asked about my job. The food and bill came super quickly. After 30 minutes, I pointed to the bar and asked if she drinks. And she said no. Then I asked if she would like to walk downtown to see the Christmas light display um, down the street from us. She said she has to wake up early tomorrow. Sideways hug. Goodbye. And I didn't feel a connection text afterwards ironic that someone who texted me asking me to be patient rejected me when within 30 minutes number three (laughs) um matched with a woman i scheduled a date she cancels but reschedules till next week then ghosted before the meeting Uh, number four (laughs) i went on a date with a woman date went okay and was nothing special she later rejected me saying I either feel it at hello or I don't. Number five, last one. Went on a date with a woman. You could cut the disinterest with a knife. With a knife. I texted 
the following day and Yolo would ask for a second date, which she agreed to and then ghosted. Hmm. Okay. There was a lot of questions I have for this person, but I, I'm not even going to ask him just because I'm not talking to him. It's a waste of time. But um, he, one, is not patient at all. And two, he's very stuck in his own perspective. As in, he can't take a moment to actually hear what she's saying. Instead, he's he's looking at it and being, what does this mean for me? Right? Like when the girl is saying, um, be patient with me. I'm nervous. He's like, don't worry, you're in good hands. He's thinking about like, how do I make sure she comes out? <laughs> uh, instead of like taking a moment to like dive into her to what's going on with her and why she's right. experiencing it. Um, a lot of guys are afraid to get into vulnerability or into any like sad topics. And I don't blame them because a lot of women will use men like that, like as an emotional tampon <laughs> where they'll just like, you're the person I'll talk to about my emotions, but that's it. So a lot of guys are afraid of that. They've been scarred by that. But when you don't take the moment to acknowledge what she's going through and actually see like, talk to her about emotions and vulnerability um you're not you're not understanding her and you're just yeah you're just stuck in your own perspective i feel like i'm i'm going in a loop right now um but yeah that's that's kind of what i'm seeing is just yeah he's he's stuck in his own reality how does he I fix also, okay go ahead oh i was going to say i also think he's boring like he's the even the way he this is like typed out i'm like oh this dude is super logical and i bet if because the date that he actually went on yeah if she left in 30 minutes she probably felt like she was being interviewed the whole time most likely (laughs) and i also think his mindset has has gotten worse every single date like he probably has a date it goes badly and then he he generalizes he's like all women are going to be like this you know like I, I have um, the mindset that is really important to me is assume attraction, right? Always assume attraction. Everyone's attracted to you, no matter what. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. You're attracted to me. All my guy friends are attracted to me. Everyone's attracted to me. But the paradox to that is I'm not entitled to anything. I'm not entitled to your attention. I'm not entitled to your number. I'm not entitled to you stopping and talking to me, being nice to me, going on a date with me, making love to me, being my wife, being my girlfriend, any of that shit. I'm not entitled to any of it, but I'm attractive. <laughs> and you find me. So that allows me to, to go into dates looking for the best, like assuming the best is going to happen. And that's the most logical way to actually go about it because people don't go on dates hoping for the worst. People go on dates hoping for the best. But if your energy is in, this isn't going to go well, she's going to be like the last one, then that's going to happen. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Your energy is literally creating that. Manifesting is actually real. It just happens in in these weird freaking ways. (laughs) A Jeremy Barry. (laughs) What is that? What does that mean? Oh, did you ever see the show, um, The Good Place? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Jeremy Barramy. Yeah. <laughs> the energy is probably a lot like Jeremy Barramy because, um, yeah, I feel like there are things that I I was manifesting like months and months ago, and I'm just now seeing them, and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> It's not late. 
it's just a Jeremy Bearme. But yeah, I would say to this guy overall, um, work on your mindset like you suggested. Um, and then also stop interviewing your dates, you know, um, like it, it, there's a difference between being curious and, um, badgering the person that you're with. Mm -hmm. And there is nothing worse than somebody sitting across the table from you and they're not themselves or they're overly just like examining you to try to like manipulate you into getting to the next step of what they want. And he also doesn't have standards. He kept saying like, there was a couple of dates that he went out on um, where he was like, you could cut the disinterest with the knife. And then she rejected me. You, I would, that's what I would expect. If she was not interested, why would you care if, if she rejected you? Like the, the, it, the, the yeah. tonality and quality of the date was rejecting you in the first place. So he needs to raise his standards for himself and um, what he wants to pursue and then be less boring. Yeah. <laughs> we can go into how to do that, but that's for later. <laughs> that's for later. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that around new year's. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this one, um, So this is from a woman. Uh, so she's she's 23. So she's very young. And this is about like, she basically hasn't dated before. So could I have done more? Question mark. I have unfortunately had a sad end to my 23-year-old female first online dating experience. After three dates with a guy, 26 male, who I quite liked, he told me that he could only see us being friends. I am generally inexperienced in dating. And so while I have heard of this happening, it's a first for me personally. I also fall into the demisexual spectrum. So it takes me somewhat of a friendship to start feeling romantic sexual attraction to someone, which definitely requires more than three dates. I guess what I'm wondering is whether early dates should have more romance in them, question mark. In these three dates, we only had physical contact when we hugged at the end of the dates. And while we were cute, sweet with each other, I don't really think it reached a level of flirting, even though it's out of my comfort zone. Should I be trying to do small gestures to signify more than just friendship? Or at the end of the day, is there nothing more to, is there nothing more to to be done? Question mark. The interesting thing here is that it really depends on the personality of the guy. Right. Um, So like for me, like what something my friend pointed out yesterday is I find girls who I can't read more interesting. And like, I want to date them. Like, I can't, I don't know. If she likes me. I can't figure out if she likes me. I assume attraction, but like there's, there's a still a part of me in the back of my mind. is like, I can't tell. I can't tell. And, and that like gets me kind of going in a sense, but most guys and even me to some degree, we want some reassurance that we are in the right place. Like this one girl that I'm seeing kind of right now, like her starting to see, she expressed to me that she was interested and I wasn't sure about it. But then I kind of, I kind of just read one of her messages and didn't respond because I was busy. And she, I think noticed that and was like, I, cause she canceled on something and she ended up being like, Hey, but I still want to see you next week. And and that actually was like, okay, that felt good to me. I was like, okay. Cause I wasn't sure. Um, so it's a bit of a paradox. It's like, 
I definitely think it's a personality thing, but it is nice to show some level of interest, you know, like to show something. Um, how romantic you need to be. I mean, I wouldn't fake it. I really like, I think faking anything is the worst. Um, I think with some guys, you're naturally just going to have this chemi- chemical combustion. It's just going to happen. Like your experience and his experience together just blows up and it's amazing. And then other guys are just, they're just not going to be anything. Like you might be even physically attracted to someone, then you smell them and you're like, Oh God. Right. So there's, I think it's a compatibility thing. Um, if you know what you want to do, if you know what kind of relationship you want, you don't need to adjust yourself to what everyone else is doing. You should keep doing what you're doing, what you want, if you know what you want. And then the right person is going to be the right match. Because if you start doing what everyone else is doing, then you're going to be attracting that. And that's not what you want. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so I agree with, um, everything you said. And I want to add that. I think that because she's 23, um, that she can afford to go on more dates with more men at one time. Um, she doesn't have, she doesn't, she doesn't need to sleep with them or anything or start many relationships, but I think it would do her, um, a lot of justice to be going on a lot of first and second dates to actually yeah. see what she's attracted to, because that does take a lot of work on a woman's part. Like, I mean, it, it there's, yeah. there's a, like a, a feminine uh, instinct that you've got to develop and you're not going to get it with um, a date, you know, one, you know, one online dating experience. So um, yeah, the romance um, attraction thing, that is something that happens naturally. I do not fake it at all. I will never fake affection. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one time I went on a date with a guy and, you know, we were like, he was friendly. We had good uh, chemistry as far as like conversational, but he kind of said something like, um, well, if I'm going to, if I'm going to take you on a third date or something like that, uh, you're going to have to kiss me. And I was like, uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it ended there because I'm like, yeah, if, if you've got to try to get it out of me, that's, it's not going anywhere. And the last thing you want to do is end up in a relationship where you're not sure if the physical chemistry is there. Cause it's, yeah. trust me, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Yeah, I, by that, do you mean like it's good to have sex early? Is that what you're saying? Um, No, it, it's good to know that you're physically attracted to them before you have sex with them. Like, I want to be, how do I say it? So, you know, with women, uh, after we, we generally have sex, there is like an attachment. Yeah thing like a bond uh, an oxytocin bond thing that happens with us because that's how women bond is through oxytocin Mm -hmm. so um i want that oxytocin bond before i have sex with him if that makes sense no that makes a lot of sense Um, that way i know that it's not because of the sex it was already there because of him and our chemistry together that's interesting yeah the funny thing is, like, the one thing I notice is that, like, the power dynamic in, in dating, where before sex happens, like, the power is all in the woman's hands, 
And then once sex happens, I, I feel this power transfer where like, that yeah, depends. It, I mean, it depends, but like, I feel it quite often where it's like now the attachment is there and, and because the girl has opened herself up to you and now she's like, she's right or not ride or die, but to some kind of degree, she's opened herself up to you. And I find that after sex, men start actually thinking with their heads and less with their dick. Right. Cause like yeah. when, when the beginning we're, we're like, we're hyper, like, like this thing is like, ah, uh, we're, we're definitely objectifying right at that point. And right. Um, but yeah. And then once sex happens, we start to like qualify the other things. Like, are they compatible? Like we start to actually look into all those things. I actually tried to do it. I've been trying to do it before sex happens. It's fucking difficult. It's really difficult. It's like, it's, uh, it's hard for so me. so easy it, for us. Well, yeah, I'm be, you're, you're a woman. <laughs> All right, like for, I know, for I know. I, it's, we so have this it's, tunnel it's, vision. We have this tunnel vision. So we're like, we're stuck on this and I'm trying to get myself out. But even when I get myself out, I'm like, okay, I'm looking at all these bigger things that are that to qualify. It's still tainted by the physicality. It's still like, I can't get away from that until sex happens. So there's a lot of times I can't tell if I like someone until after sex. Um, it's been helping me recently. I just haven't been having sex on the first date. And that's been helping me a lot. Like I've, I've been seeing people less after that because I've been realizing, oh, I don't actually like them. Um, but there have been certain occurrences where I was like, no, I think I do like them. And then I end up having sex with them. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh my God. Then like the shit comes out and I'm like, oh, damn. Oh, anyways. Um, I was going to add in a little bit of a note for women, um, which is that you should still be qualifying after sex. Like, like wait, you still have, there's so many other check boxes you need to be checking after. And then, um, also this is hard to say, but I'm going to try to say it anyway. You should be qualifying him during sex as well (laughs) Well, you know what i mean like it's like uh, like you're still trying to see if this is the right fit for you yes there's going to be probably there's going to be an emotional attachment um and you can still i mean maybe it comes with age or with um understanding um yourself more but um that's why I said, like, I, I won't do anything unless there's an oxytocin release before sex and before like third and fifth and 17th dates, like, like before we, we go anywhere. Um, I want to know, like, this is like somebody that I want to be around, uh, no matter like what the level of physicality is. Um, I mean, it, it really, If you want my honest opinion Obviously. from the moment of like, like, I mean, like raw, honest opinion, there should be some level of like, like you can feel their desire when you first meet them. Like there should be a level of attraction, even though, you know, like our level of attraction to you guys, when we first meet you is going to be a lot lower than yours to us. Like, that's just mm-hmm. how it goes, but mm-hmm. it should still be like, no, this was special and different than all the other people i interacted with today okay yeah yeah 
I think okay. qualifying should always be happening though. Like I don't, I don't think qualifying ever ends like qualifying. Like I mentioned this before where you can qualify the shallow end and the deep end, the shallow end is in front of you. You find out in like two seconds. It's not hard. The, the deep end, that is something that you're constantly going to be qualifying. Um, but yeah, I, I find that sometimes after sex happens, uh, women kind of just like, like give themselves fully uh, immediately. Sometimes I, I don't see it as often, to be honest. Um, but I, I do see it here and there. Um, cool. Um, okay. Um, um, Next. <laughs> now we have another uh, man. He's logical. So it's called. All? <laughs> I know. E harmony said I was too intellect how would that impact <laughs> my dating so i got a score of 139 out of 140 for intellect i've never used eharmony so i don't know what that means and either. the scoring uh that eharmony set up for how do you see the world the other two options are instincts and feelings and i got a negative 90 for both of them if that <laughs> matters if uh. that matters the scoring system is from 60 to 140. So I assume 140 um, or 139 is bloody high while 100 is in the intermediate and 90 is kind of low and below average. Um, just So just trying to see if anyone ever scored in a similar high mark or any comments um, about how that might impact my dating attempts. Yeah, you're you're stuck in man language. That's what it is. Um I was talking to a client today about uh like being honest and radically honest. And the way I describe it is like when you're honest with somebody, you need to land the plane, right? You need to land the plane, you don't want to crash into the building. For men, where you're landing the plane is like this empty grass field. So you can be very fucking direct and just go boom. <laughs> <laughs> right while like with women it's like there are skyscrapers all over the place and you have to be very like careful to land that plane properly because you have to be aware of how she's feeling and when you're talking about whatever you're talking about you have to have her in mind a lot of times guys are being blunt just to be blunt and just say this is where i'm at i'm like okay but how can you take in what she's experiencing when you're expressing where you're at right right but uh, yeah, full on logic is full on man language. And it's very blunt. It's very interview. It's very boring. Um, you are blocked emotionally. And, you know, some women, there are women who are actually attracted to that. Like there are women who are into that. But I've talked to you about this, Patricia. I'm like, in this generation and moving on, you need to embrace your feminine and your masculine, your expressiveness, your emotions, your vulnerability. And your intellect, right? right? It's not like the, your intellect is a negative. It's not a bad thing, but too much of it without any compassion and vulnerability and, and you know, your heart, it's nothing. It's, it, you can't even, you can't even describe what's going on in there in a place that's digestible to women, you know? Mm. Right. Um, so I agree. He's very logical. And the fact that he says, if that even matters on his low score for feelings and instinct, 
Part of me um, feels like he was bragging. Like he was like, by the way, I'm like very smart. And I don't know. I think there's something wrong with this app. <laughs> Why am I not getting matches? Is everyone is anyone else having this issue? <laughs> right. So that tells me that he's arrogant and that he would not put his he would not be able to um empathize with his partner or try to understand that the the way they're speaking, like try to understand them. And there's nothing more frustrating than someone feeling or using their intellect to tell you that you're wrong, even though you're trying to like, they're trying to use their logic in an emotional situation where it doesn't really apply. And so I would say to him, you need to get in touch with your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> go hug a tree and go join a men's group or therapy. There's all types of things. There's books you can read on, on um, learning to understand your feelings. Marlena actually sent me this amazing app. Um, it's called how we feel and it's awesome. Uh, thank you. Shout out to Marlena, friend of the podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, it's a free app um, and you get you you can log your emotions and you can log your complex emotions. So if you're feeling two or three things at a time, you can log them. They also ask you about how much sleep you got, what food you're eating. Uh, if you've done any exercise, you can take notes. You can take a voice note or you can write a um, a what is that called? A written note about what's going on with you. Um, but being able to name your feelings, I feel like is a superpower and it's going to yeah. only help you in the dating world. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, I so think he, yeah, he's, he's definitely too smart for his own good. You know, like <laughs> it's like people who are really smart, they can explain anything. And just because you can explain anything doesn't mean that it's the right explanation. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think people forget that what made Einstein very special is that he flipped between logic and emo- and, uh, and uh, instinct all the time. It was logic and instinct uh, is how he was able to make so many discoveries. Mm-hmm. And especially men, I'm like that, that's a real genius, especially to women. Um, when we see a man that can take his logic and then apply instinct and feelings with it. It's, it's hot. (laughs) It's, we love that. We're like, okay, we can, and you always see those men. They always have tons of women around them. They always have the hottest women around them too, because they know how to talk to us. They know how to get what they want from us. So, you know, blend, sir, blend. (laughs) Okay. So uh let's see this one is about minimal contact so almost a month and still no texting or minimal contact during the week normal i've been going out with this guy and we usually see each other uh during the weekends he's pretty nice and super fun but he doesn't really text or call or try to communicate at all during the weekdays and when we do text during his texting habits are generally he would respond after 12 hours or the next day. I am seeing him this weekend and thinking of breaking things off as he's going to be traveling for a couple of months. And I don't know that that's the right thing because I might 
just be getting obsessed with him and putting him on a pedestal or is he just taking it slow or he's just not that interested in me so I feel it's healthy for my sanity to just break things off I need some advice thanks you need to get on the same fucking page you need to get on the same page like uh, the thing is a lot of people um they 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 end up having interactions with their imagination instead of interacting with reality and you need to literally just have a conversation like all the stuff that you're expressing literally express it to him so that you know where to move and you actually are dealing with reality and not this imagination of maybe he's not taking me seriously or maybe he is like you don't know any of that you don't want to make assumptions here. You want to have clarity so that you know what the right move is. Um, that being said, um, from the guy's perspective, if you suck at texting during the week, I do for sure. I will literally warn people. I'd be like, listen, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, don't expect me to text you. I am working all fucking day. But, you know, Thursdays, Fridays, I'm I'm gonna I'm probably gonna text you a lot. Right. And then I'll see you on the stair that day. So a lot of us are working and you girls are working too. And guys get upset about the same thing, but it's like, if you express it, I think it'll bring some calmness to the other, to the other partner. Um, but yeah, first you have to get on the same page. Be like, this is, this is what I'm seeing. And this is what I'm feeling. What is going on with you? So I have a few things to say about this, starting with, I'd be very curious to know how their relationship started. Mm -hmm. Um, And was it always like lax texting? I mean, because in order for you to be meeting up with somebody on the weekends, they've got to get you there. Mm -hmm. So how did it, how how did it start? And then um, I also think this guy's married um, (laughs) because he does he it takes him 12 hours to respond to a text i'm don't care if you're um jeff bezos or elon musk or the president of the united states you can text i saw a video of michelle obama talking about how um when she was when she was still first lady how when she was like she was out of school or something and then like the air force one or one of the helicopters had just landed on the buildings that she was speaking at or, or had just left. And she goes, Oh yeah. He just told me he was going to, blah, blah. so if the president of the United States can text his wife that he's going somewhere. You can do a quick one minute, less than one minute. Hey, thinking about you super busy at work. I'll get back to you later. Or I'm looking forward to this weekend. There needs to be some type of communication. Otherwise it's not setting you up for a healthy relationship. Um, I know that there are some people who are, who are less detached and it depends on the kind of relationship she wants. I think she should just move on. And at this point with where she is, I don't know how old she is, but I would say she needs to be dating multiple people as well. Okay. So one, I agree with you. I do think she needs to move on just based on the context of him traveling and all this stuff. But at the same time, I don't agree that she should just assume that he's probably married. I don't think that's a, I think you need to get on the same page and not play with your imagination. Like literally have the conversation to me, anything. Cause like I get guys who get upset about girls, not texting them back and they are also making assumptions. They're making assumptions and they they go left and right. They're all over the fucking place. But 
if you find out, like if, like if you ask them, you'll actually know what the real answer is. And maybe you won't know. Maybe there's disinterest and it ends there. But there's a lot of times where I've had assumptions and then I end up dating the person and I find out exactly why they weren't able to text me. And it was completely out of their control and out of my control. So I don't think it's smart to make assumptions like, oh, he's probably married. I think it's smarter to find out what's happening in reality. Here's why I would. Here's why can, I would I would tell a woman inkling. to assume I here's why I would, I would tell a woman to assume. And I know like we don't have to agree on this one. But um, it's so important in uh, especially the courting phase of the relationship really is it's a it's a very intense phase. It's a very intense phase. And if that phase has a lot of gaps in it with communication, Mm -hmm. it's not a wise thing to assume. I'm not saying assume he's married, like he's doing something wrong. I'm saying assume that he's taken and that there's not enough time for you. So you need to move on. If you, especially if you're wanting more, Mm. go find more. Listen, Like you're getting less. (laughs) Okay, I wouldn't assume that he's taken. I would assume that he's not invested. Just like right. how that's what I mean. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, and his work and, is like, taken him, or his life is taken. His life is so abundant yeah. and full that he doesn't need you. Yeah, but that's a completely different assumption than he's married, right? Um, like when when guys are te- when guys are texting women and the girl's not responding or she's responding very vaguely or maybe once a day or once every two. This happens all the fucking time. It's not a rare occurrence. When that happens, the reason it's happening is because she has no urgency or investment in you to actually keep talking to you. The amount of investment she has is enough to talk to you every couple of days. So they're not seeing enough value in the relationship yet. So as a guy, I would say you need to add more value to the interaction or the, to the, to whatever is going on. I've texted girls who I can't put my phone down because I'm so like, the conversation is great. And then I have other conversations that are just like, how are you? And I'm just like, I don't even know who the fuck you are anymore. It's, I'm bored. Right. So yeah. I mean, if, if there's not enough texting going on, that's, a, that's something for you to disqualify, but I wouldn't disqualify based on imaginary assumptions. I would disqualify based on the fact that he's not invested or you go in and find out what the reality of the situation is, why he's not invested, and you might get an answer, you might not. But the assumption part is dangerous. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. I, I just want is. her to be I, I just want her to be able to move on is because yeah, this is not a healthy situation for her. I know, her. but she and can move it, on with reality. She doesn't need to move on with some imagination in, in her head. I don't want her to have to feel as though she needs to investigate, though. She doesn't, but she doesn't have to assume he's married. She can just assume he's not invested. That's a completely. Yeah, that's fine. That it's to me. That's the same thing, though. It's not. It is not the the same same thing. thing. It is not. (laughs) It is not. And if you're you're using the word married, and that that is a real word. If you're using it just like, oh, he's busy with other shit, like he's married to his job. That's a completely different thing. You need to be careful how you're saying. Like that, yeah, I, I'm I, like I, he's he's married to his life. Okay, <laughs> like, but you can say if you say it like that every time, then yes, I agree with you. But if you're saying he's married and that's just something that you need to assume, then no, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Oh my God, we're fighting. Oh my God. We're not fighting. We're not fighting. <laughs> we're just we're, we have a different way. We we use different language when when saying stuff, and yeah. like there's some things that are very clear cut for my Capricorn. He's like, no, because this way, or this way, and I'm a little bit you don't more. Know who fluid. you're talking to? You don't know who you don't know who's listening, and you don't know how they're going to interpret what you're saying. Like. I've interpreted things wrong. I've seen my clients interpret things wrong. And it's important that we're clear with our words. It's very important. Sorry, I'm getting passionate here. I I see that. (laughs) Moving on. Okay. (laughs) Circling back to previous match. 32 female, considering asking out 32 male, who I went, who I last went out with uh, a month ago. We had three dates. Uh, 32 male claims all were fun, but I decided to end it because he wasn't sure about chemistry. Mm -hmm. I was not very engaged in any of these dates and we had a minimum connection outside of those three dates. So I didn't feel I had enough time to gauge chemistry. I only ended it because he questioned it and I didn't want to explain the reasons for my lack of enthusiasm and engagement on the dates for personal issues. Now I'm in a better place and I feel like I missed an opportunity with this guy. Everyone always seems trigger happy and to give up after the first sign of a hurdle. Not sure how I would go about proposing this to him or if it's a good idea. Edit. One of the reasons for the lack of engagement and making conversation was due to a sexual assault that I had recently experienced. I was so focused on trying to make it home safely rather than actually engaging and and having conversation. I'm working with the therapist right now to work through this being as all the, all of our dates were at nighttime. I was more on edge to get home before nine. Hmm. Wow. You want me to start? (laughs) Um, yeah, please. Okay. So it is tough if you've gone through a sexual assault, especially recently, um, and you're on dates and it is hard to, to gauge because now your instincts are to protect you from the, um, the transgressions that have just happened to you. Your body's trying to protect you. It's like always looking out for um, an attacker. Um, So I think, and I think you're going to agree with me. I think a conversation where you nip this in the bud and you're very, you use man language. You're blunt. You're like, Hey, I'm sorry. The first couple of dates I went out with you, there were some other things going on and you can actually go into detail, especially if you're interested and you do trust him uh, with a certain level of emotions. Um, And then, you know, and then say, but I, you know, I've been thinking about it and I think I do feel like I missed an opportunity with you. Um, Would you like to try again? Um, But yeah, I think, I think it, it, honesty and transparency would really help her in this, in this time. And I think he'd understand. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, I've had a similar situation happen to me where I went on a date with somebody and they seemed very aloof and disinterested. And I was confused, to be honest, on the date. I was like, why? Is she, like, she, I, I felt like she was acting a bit weird. And then I just, the, the date ended. I, we went our separate ways. And then a couple of years later, like years later, she messaged me and reached out to me and mentioned that on that date, uh, she was just going through stuff. She didn't get into too many details, but that she 
regrets not actually connecting and being vulnerable with me. And I felt that was very heartwarming and actually brought closure for me. Like it actually was like, oh, like, like it, it brought me back to that place and it made sense of what I saw. So I don't think you have anything to lose by by doing this. I mean, either way, um, you'll have more clarity in what the next step is. So I think having that conversation transparent and just being vulnerable with him, being direct about it, exactly what you said. Perfect. Good. Mm-hmm. Done. Next. <laughs> okay. So this one's a simple one. The title is what topics are off limit on, on a first date? It was, it's probably very subjective, but what are those things you'd rather not talk about on a first date? Let's go deeper than politics and religion. <laughs> I would say don't talk about human feces or blood or guts or unless you guys connected on those things, <laughs> you know, like you're both in the, the horror movies or something, but leave bodily functions, leave uh, yeast infections, <laughs> leave all those things that, you know, keep the date light. I feel like first dates are supposed to be light. Hi, Pam. Hey, Pam. I think I think the I honestly don't think anything is off limits when it comes to talking about things on the first date. But at the same time, what I think about is when you're talking to them, focus on what you guys agree with, not on you know what you disagree with. Like, for example, and this is an extreme example. Imagine she's a Trump supporter and you hate Trump. <laughs> Right. And you guys are on a date together. Don't talk. If she if she's talking about how she loves Trump and all this stuff, then instead of focusing on how you hate Trump and all this stuff, you focus on um maybe certain things that you admire about him, even though you hate everything about him. Like you you like you hyper focus on that. But this is an extreme example. Obviously, That's after very that very extreme. You leave. I know. I was trying to give an extreme example because I've actually had a date like that. <laughs> Jesus. Um, really? Yeah. Well, it wasn't Trump exactly, but it was just like other topics that were very, yeah. And I was like, "Fuck, I'm on a date with somebody that I'm gonna have a fight with." And but yeah, I mean, I mean, what I found lovely about dates like that, where we disagree, what when I find that I I find those moments of of things that we do agree on, I find out that we actually have very similar goals in what we want to have accomplished, but just the way they interact, the way their values are set up, they go about achieving those goals completely differently. But at the same time, yeah, if I, I can't be with someone that I, I disagree with <laughs> that intensely. Like I know I'm going to fight with them all the time. Um, oh yeah. Me either. But yeah, I would, I would just say like focus on the things that you guys agree with most uh, instead of the things that you disagree with. Um, but yeah, I did give a very extreme example. Let's move on. <laughs> Okay, so here's uh here's I'm gonna title this one good looking guy that doesn't get much online interaction. So it's been three weeks on match.com and I've only gotten one like and zero messages. For background, I'm six one athletic build and I have been told by someone who 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 is brutally honest and whose opinion I believe that I'm at least dateable in looks. Anyway, my intention is to have a very serious relationship with someone. And I only liked and messaged a handful of users, not doing the Tinder swipe on anyone. 
two weeks passed and no replies. I got so frustrated that I did do the like and message on many people only got one like, which I was going to reply to later, but it turns out it doesn't have, it doesn't save the profile of the user who liked you after you checked it once. Oh, that's weird. Um, I paid like $150 for a six month or a year pack. I don't really know. I just, I'm just really trying to understand if it was another waste of time. So with this kind of situation, first of all, I need to look at his profile, but my assumption is, is that he's, let's just say he's good looking, right? Mm -hmm. He's thinking that women think like men, right? So men, we're very visual, right? So that's like the first thing we see is like visual. So girls on Tinder, they can have like selfies and just like, and like, just like the angles. And that's enough for us. We're like, yeah, swipe right. Good, good stuff. But for girls, you can have a bunch of pictures of you that look good. That's not enough. Girl, I, I think of it like this. Guys are attracted to looks. Girls are attracted to lifestyle, right? So on your account, do you have a variety of pictures, videos that show what your lifestyle looks like, right? Versus just a picture of you. That doesn't mean anything to it. That doesn't tell anybody anything. We need to feel your energy from the profile, your vibe, what it is that you, you actually do every day. What does your lifestyle look like? So I try to have pictures of you alone. Obviously, they want to see your face and how you look. That's still important. But you also have group photos, photos of you with your friends doing stuff, you doing activities. All that adds variety and it triggers different parts of the brain. And also different women are going to be attracted to different things. So some women might be attracted to you because you're beautiful. Someone might, some women might be attracted to you because you're into rock climbing or this or that, right? But you need to show your lifestyle. That should be the focus of your profile, not, oh, look how sexy I am. Oh, God. Yeah. Right. And um, I'm going to 100% agree with you for us. Um, mostly it's about the energy of the profile. Also a profile that's that tells a story. Um, there have been a few profiles that really stand out to me online where you'll be able to see a man and like what his, like you said, lifestyle is like, and you can imagine yourself being with him. And would that yeah. be something for me? And that's um, huge for us because women, we love using our imaginations when it comes to, you know, the, the courting phase of dating, like, uh, especially it's like, oh my goodness. Oh, okay. Like, oh, that dog is so cute. Or, oh, he rides a motorcycle. <laughs> you know, like I can see myself on the back on that. Uh, and then also the, um, I I've noticed, cause I, I thought it was going to be more so with women, but I noticed that, uh, there are a lot of men, uh, and I want to say they're usually, I don't want to generalize, but I'm going to generalize. It's, generalize. it's like usually, the men like over 40, I feel like they start to lack sense of humor. Like the more serious they are about finding a quality partner, the less of a sense of humor that they have. And it's so yeah. not fun to, to see that profile. Cause they're like, so serious, like a woman must be this and a woman must be that in order to be with me. And you know, like, you're like, wait, well, hold up. Yeah. I don't even like you yet. Uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you already got the requirements for me and they're not having any fun. So fun is a huge element being playful, yeah. all of that. So. Yeah. Uh, fun, definitely a huge element. Um, a lot of guys that are a bit older, are a bit are very direct on text. They're used to like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine digits to to text with and no emoticons. <laughs> um, 
fuck, I had a I had a thought. It escaped me. Yeah, their um, answers are so boring. Like they act like it's so funny to me because like I on my dating profile, I don't have I'm not I'm not actually using a dating profile or whatever right now. But when I was using a dating profile, um it <laughs> I didn't have any serious answers. All of my answers were very playful on purpose. Yeah. And I feel like men should do the same thing because yeah. we don't know each other that well. And I need something to like bite so at and you know, because uh, it, it, like putting anything up there serious is just going to turn me off and make me feel like I have to do a bunch of emotional labor. So this is like going into the conservative adventurous side thing as well. But Okay, on profiles, one of my biggest pet peeves is when guys and girls, and I find this happens with girls over 32, <laughs> I don't know why, but their profiles have like all their hobbies, like in their bio and all that stuff. And I'm like, and to me, I find that you shouldn't put that on there. Your bio should just be playful and have something intriguing that could be a little vague, but add some mystery or maybe right. describe you in a funny, something playful, like you said. Um but when when guys do this and and girls, what ends up happening is like imagine this is the circle, like you have a whole circle of the whole population of dateable people. When you put those things in your bio, you're basically creating a tiny circle in that big circle, and these are now the only people that are dateable for you. Now, on top right. of that, you have an algorithm that's working against you <laughs> that isn't going to show you all these people, right? So. It just doesn't make sense. You need to have, yeah, a playful bio, a playful profile, not too serious. And then those conversations, those things you will qualify when you date them, not in an interview mode. You qualify it by just experiencing them, by dating them, by actually just going out with them, getting to know them, connecting with them. You will exactly. find out the truth. Yeah. Right, right, right. And I feel like the same thing should be happening in the the initial DMs and messages that you guys share with each other. Keep uh -huh. it light and playful. Do not go in there with your life story. Um, I mean, obviously, if there's like if you're celebrating the birth of a baby or something like that or something, you know, happening in your family, point to that. But don't go in with, oh, I was dumped three months ago. And, you know, like this happens, you yeah, know? No, <laughs> so, yeah. oh, I know. I, I, yeah. I, I know on both sides, it, it's, I'm saying, keep it light and playful, play, play, play until, you know, you know that you want to start getting more serious with this person and you, yeah. you like, you want to deepen that connection. So mm -hmm. there you go, mrmatch.com. Get more playful. Okay. Let's see. How many more do these do? Oh, okay. I I'm so proud of myself. I did like oh, get, got some research done here. Okay, okay. So, um, why do people keep ghosting me on dating apps? Like, I'll match with them. We'll go back and forth. I'll send like a normal and mid conversation. Then they just won't ever reply. Right. I'm not asking anything unreasonable or being a creep i'm just continuing a discussion about music or a book we're talking about or whatever most recently i just said nice to meet you after matching she responded likewise and i asked her about her being into writing and she mentioned it in her profile that was a week ago every single match i've talked to has done this across multiple apps 
am I just boring? Yes. <laughs> and if so, <laughs> and if so, why not just why won't they just say that they're not interesting? Interested. Oh, it's so annoying. Okay. Okay. So Can I start. I want to oh, start though. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Listen. A woman would rather be stamped on by elephants than hurt your feelings. So she's never yeah. going to tell you you're interested, um, or that she's not interested unless you're rude to her. Unless, like, unless you're blunt and rude to her, or that's her personality. Yeah. She's not going to be like, "Hey, I'm not interested in you." So you have to learn how to read in between the lines. Go ahead, Cal. Okay, so first of all, <laughs> um, okay, first of all, like you, you're asking questions immediately, and questions are taking value, right? So you're not offering value. You're not actually engaging the person. When I'm first texting people in the first like phase, like back and forth. I'm going to be making statements, assumptions, observations. I'm not asking much of them. I'm giving them something and not expecting anything in return. And the funny enough, when you do that, you get a lot more in return. The person doesn't feel like they uh, have to respond to you. They feel like they want to respond to you. There's an emotion that literally drags them into to respond to you. Um, I had another thought that was super important and it's gone. Can you repeat what, what the situation was? I'm sorry. Basically, I mean, honestly, it just seems like he can't really get them off the app. He can be, I mean, it's DM and then oh. they're. Okay. The the other thing is that you also have to acknowledge that a woman on a dating app is complete, has a completely different reality than you. She's being bombarded by a bunch of messages, a bunch of guys trying to get her attention. And if you are asking questions and trying to just take value, then you are not going to stand out. Your messages suck. They're not going to stand out. They're not engaging enough. People want to have fun, playful conversation first, and then you can get into the deep stuff, right? But right. yeah, he's he's just trying to, it's like he's going directly into interview mode, right? He's going to questions immediately. And it's just like, when I ask a question to someone, they have to go in their head, decide what the answer is, and then decide if they want to answer it fully or not. While if I make a statement, observation, assumption, it creates an emotional reaction, right? So any question, what's your favorite color, right? Now I have to go in your head and be like, it's it's black. Is that even a color? Right. I don't even, should I even tell him what my favorite color is? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, it's black. And now like you wasted energy going in your head, deciding all this shit and then repeat, saying it out loud. But if I just came to you and I was like, I think your favorite color is black. You look, I think you wear black every fucking day. You're, you're probably emo. I'd be like, no, <laughs> it's actually rose gold. I'm just wearing black today because I feel like Wednesday Adams. Yeah. And then now you're talking. Now there's like, right. a, there's a, now you want to either um, correct him, <laughs> like confirm or deny what the situation is. You want to confirm or deny. Exactly. Um, so it adds fuel to the, to the conversation. Well, when you ask questions, it actually puts the conversation in a box and it dies right there. And then after that question is answered, either she's going to ask you the same question, like, what about you? And then it dies there. Oh, or, yeah. or you immediately have to restart the conversation. Like questions lead to you having to restart the conversation over and over and over again. While when right. you start with statements, assumption, observations, role-playing, value-based texts, it adds fuel to the conversation. It becomes like a tennis match where things happen quickly. And then the questions from those role-playing or just playfulness, 
they're a lot more natural, like, because they're, it's like, oh, so you did have uh, the dog. What kind of dog was that again? Uh, And then it can, it it keeps going versus like those awful. What about you? What do you like? I like sushi. Do you like sushi too? My favorite question to ask is, did you get the divorce papers? (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, adorable. (laughs) We just have like, we just start a role play. Like that's fun. It is. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Oh God. Oh God. Now I don't know what the race of this man is, but it's called, was this a red flag thing to say on a date? (laughs) <laughs> so I don't know his his ethnic background. I tried to look for it, couldn't find it. Okay. So <laughs> I am 28 male and was on a tender date this afternoon with a 27-year-old female. On the date, she asked me if do I prefer blondes or brunettes? She is blonde, by the way. I simply responded, I like white women in general. <laughs> <laughs> what the that- fuck? That comment seemed to irk her. She sat up straight and asked, do you think you're too good for women of your own ethnicity? I tried to tell her that simply was my preference, but she said it was a red flag and that I have some issues with internalized racism. She then accused me of already having a wife of my ethnic background and that I was planning to use white women for fun. I was taken aback and didn't really know how to respond. I have so much to say. I'm going to let you take over for this one. <laughs> well, as you would say, he's using man language. The fact that he did not answer her question and he went to skin color instead of hair color. Cause she said, do you prefer blondes or brunettes? And he could have just said, you know, I like both blondes and brunettes or I prefer blondes or whatever, or brunettes. Uh, and bring whenever you bring racial preference into a conversation, I think on a first date is a lot. Although I've had those conversations uh, with with certain men, and it, uh, it 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 really does depend on the people. Some people can bring it up and be fine with it. Other people can't. Um, and then also the fact that I mean, I on her on her own end for her to make all those assumptions about you and your you know, your relationships, uh, means that she's been triggered before or has had some experience or, or, or heard about certain experiences. So that's not your issue. Um, I think in the future, answer the question that you were asked instead of (laughs) trying to, and, you know, people are very hypersensitive about skin color and you may like what you like, but maybe keep that to yourself for a while, you know, in the beginning. I think that's just a stupid question to ask in general. Do you like blondes or brunettes? I'd be like, neither. <laughs> that's funny. I think that would just that's yeah, that's that was just a stupid situation. But it's funny. I mean I mean I get in stupid situations all the time. I say stupid shit and then I reflect on it. I'm like, yeah, don't say that anymore. But that's I that was funny. That's that's I have nothing to say. I'm I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> I would like if okay. a client came to me, a cl- if a client came to me and said that to me, I'd be like, dude, what the fuck? That's literally 
the only thing I would say to her, like, dude, what the fuck? And I would laugh. And that's, I'm like, you know, you did a thing there, right? You know, you made a boo-boo. I'm like, yeah, I, I know I made a boo-boo. I'm like, okay, cool. Can we move on? Cool. Let's move on. All right. It's okay. By the way, it is okay to make a boo-boo like that. Yeah. Honestly, I think for him, him answering that question terribly actually did him a favor because he got to see how hypersensitive she was and how emotionally undeveloped that she is and you know immature she is so great you you got to see what you needed to see about her reaction to your bluntness yeah i wouldn't suggest being that blunt in the future but you know i honestly don't like her how she reacted either like that was i don't i don't 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 either i don't like no offense to anyone listening but I get I get triggered by white women quite often. Um. Like, okay. Like I, like I get triggered. I get triggered when like I go on dates with girls who tell me about things that might be like racist or or things like that that I should be offended by. Like, or I feel I feel like the way they talk about it, like like they know my reality and how how I'm affected. When they don't know anything, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like a lot of his like assumptions and, and I feel like they're taking my power away in a sense. I don't know. I get, I just, I've been triggered by a few women in the past. And I'm sure you can tell by just looking at me that I have had the same. Um, yeah. I've been triggered actually, not, not just by white men. I've been triggered by just about every man um, uh, racially. Actually, I think I, personally have been triggered more by uh black men uh with certain assumptions and things um because of the fairness of my skin tone and my body type Mm. and um the fact that you know i've i've dated you know men of all different backgrounds um but you know married to a white man, you know, so that there's a lot of assumptions that have happened there. So I've been triggered in in it all. And, um, (laughs) and to be quite honest, uh, all it does is just give me information that this is a person I don't want to continue with. I I never try to like, yeah, I'll be triggered and deal with it personally, but I'm never going to act out in front of somebody else i'll be like oh, okay yeah. no 100 percent. i think that's a waste of time and it's a waste it of your energy it just oh no tantrums please stop throwing tantrums on first dates like stop <laughs> please don't do it okay let's see i think we have two more okay. you like this yeah, this is fun yeah i thought you would okay I, 24 female, have been seeing this 28-year-old male for a while now. We met about eight months ago. In that time, we only went on three dates up until recently when we've gone on a few more and have been talking regularly. It's been going great. I really like him. However, we're still new, so we haven't gotten into the nitty-gritty of our lives. I used to do OnlyFans quite around the time when we originally first met. It hasn't been on my mind to tell him just yet as it just hasn't come up and we're still getting to know one another. The other night, he told me he would occasionally go see sex workers during dry spells. So I thought, this is great, thinking he'd react well. The next day, we were talking and I made a joke about OnlyFans as a partial segue and he had an interesting reaction. He said it changed how 
men view dating. Curious, I asked, I asked um, how, and he said, I wouldn't date a girl who shows the whole world her dirty pictures for $10. My selection in dating has made, has been made smaller. It He's made it clear that a girl that does this or did OnlyFans is a non-negotiable for him. And now I don't know how to tell him, but I need to. I don't believe in secrets and it's not something I'm ashamed of. And while I don't make content anymore, that content is still out there and could come back and bite me at any time. I do think it's a little bit hypocritical of him as he previously as he previously says he's gone to sex workers, but I can also understand we have a date today that we planned earlier, but I just don't know. Should I text him about it? Tell him about it on our date and things with no explanation. Any advice would help. You should have that conversation in person and see how he actually responds to it. But it might be a disqualifier. I know a lot of men who aren't willing to date women who have only fan accounts um, for the same reasons. Um, but it, it depends. It depends on the guy. A lot of guys uh, are very, very territorial. Actually, most men are very territorial. So, but other men might see that as like an opportunity, right? Like they might see that as like, oh, like there's a way for us to make money. <laughs> like like they, they might see maybe more positives of it. Um, they might, ha- some guys have a lot of female friends, so they might understand more uh, about why you're doing OnlyFans. But you can't expect everyone to just be on the same page as you or to to tolerate the same things, but you need to be open about it so that he has an opportunity to either adapt or move on. How do you feel about him having used sex workers, um, but then also making the OnlyFans comment? I mean, it is... It is a bit hypocritical, but at the same time, it's, I think for him, it's like the content that's out there. And, and also I think sex, like his, his sexuality doesn't have the same value as, as women's sexuality, unfortunately. So it, we can't look at it in the same light, at least like automatically, like we're not, we're not going to judge it the same way. It's like the whole like guys can sleep with a bunch of girls and and be called players and girls can sleep with a bunch of guys and get called sluts, right? It's, it's an unfortunate truth of, it's like you got your, your eggs are more valuable, (laughs) you know, like it just, we're wired this way. So there are things that we're automatically going to be more insecure about and more upset about. But that being said, there, there are a lot of guys that are out there that are very open to this, like a lot of girls have OnlyFans accounts now. Like, I'm not shocked when I meet a girl and she's talking about OnlyFans. Most girls I talk to are either on OnlyFans, thinking about OnlyFans, or they thought about it and decided not to. Right? <laughs> Just like that's most of the people that I that I interact with. I, I I'm gonna um, chime in, but not really so much about the advice on this because I think she's on the right track. I know she, it, it seems like she knows that she needs to like let him know what's going on with her. So I agree, girl, go get your thing. And then also, if it works out, because I, I, it seems like he might have some flexibility here. I think there might be some flexibility here because she's a smart communicator. Like yeah. I'm looking at how she wrote this out and her. Um, her ability to 
uh, acknowledge who he is and his belief set, but then also explain the situation on how it might be hypocritical. And I think she's probably got enough energy to like make it could possibly work. So I think so. But here, here's the danger of it though. Like it might work. And I think, I honestly think it's a high probability that if she has a conversation with him, that he's going to be like, you know what? It's okay. (laughs) And like, that's the past. But I also think that it's going to come up constantly. Mm -hmm. Like any argument you guys have, he's that if, if it bothers him at all, it's going to come up. Yeah. Hopefully he's, if he hasn't done any work on himself, which he probably hasn't, then yeah, he would, he would likely go for that person, but she says she's not ashamed of it. So if it's a button that he can't push, then they'll be fine. You know what I mean? So, um, here's what I wanted to say about the whole only fans thing. One, I'm glad that only fans came out way after I was off the market and way after yeah. like, because I'm sure I would have been tempted. I was broke in, my, you know, very, very, very broke in my early, you know, late teens, early twenties. So, and you know, I was a dancer, have a dancer's body and I have a lot of personality. So I'm sure I would have killed it on only fans. Um, I'm, really happy that I don't have an OnlyFans account <laughs> because not because I'm judgmental of those women, not at all. But for me, I know what I like in a relationship. Like I like to feel a certain amount of possession and I feel like maybe women with OnlyFans accounts can't ever get to that place where they feel possessed by their guy. And that may sound strange. I'll explain that in later episodes where we talk about like, like there's just like a natural possession. Like I want my partner to have over me and to like, have like a certain type of loyalty. Like, Nope, I get to be your slut. I get to be your whore. Like, you know, like our thing is our thing and not anybody else's. So you know, with those younger women that are out there, if you're thinking about OnlyFans and that's like something you want to consider, if like if you have it in you to where you do like to have that possession with your partner in a relationship, just maybe consider it a little bit more. Look at some other options. There's there's more than there are there are other ways to make money, especially online. It does cut it off though. It it does cut off that possessiveness from the guy. Like like I. Th- because I actually am talking to a girl right now who is thinking about doing an OnlyFans, and I I felt my body kind of like take a step back, like em- not my body, but like emotionally, I took a, a bit of a step back because because to me OnlyFans is a bit impulsive, right? Like to me, like right. money money can come in so many different ways, and you know you can I know a lot of girls that make hundreds of thousands of dollars from OnlyFans, right? But I also know mm-hmm. a lot of people and women who make hundreds of thousands of dollars just like selling or right. anything else, right? <laughs> right. But, yeah. And I, I, by the way, in front of the camera is not the only way to make money. If you want, yeah. like if you're interested in sex work, but you don't want to put your face on camera, I know people who text and yeah. do phone calls, which is probably a lot better and safer because your image is not out there and you're anonymous, but continue, sorry. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't I'm remember. so sorry. I, cause you yeah. were about to say something, but I just had to chime in and say that, but that like, 
there are so many different ways to make money. Again, those women and, and men for those people who participate in sex work and only fans accounts and stuff. I have no judgment against, against you. I'm only looking out for those women who, you know, they do want marriage. They do want long-term relationships. They want families. Not to say that you can't have those things. I'm pretty sure there are plenty of models out there that have those things. But if you enjoy that possessiveness, you may want to take that into consideration. So here's here's another take that I've heard recently that um, advocates for OnlyFans or like is like a train of thought that I see happening a lot where it's like, well, everyone has an OnlyFans right now. And in like 10 years, it'll like you'll still be dateable because everyone has an OnlyFans. Like everyone has one. Right. But the thing is, maybe a lot of the women have them. The guys don't. A lot of the <laughs> most of the guys don't. And they're probably going to be looking to date elsewhere. Um, depends on them, right? It's so it's so funny. Like, I don't know if you've noticed with, like, the whole Andrew Tate thing, like, that they're steering towards, like, Islam, which I find really funny for me. I don't know. I don't know why, but, like, I was kind of giggling about it just because, like, I come from a Muslim background and, like, I've become, like, more open and, like, gone more into, like, this adventurous side of me. Well, like a lot of these guys are coming from Western culture, like are like, hey, look what they got over there. I want to oppress women too. Let's do it. <laughs> I find that funny in like a, a sad way. But I don't again, like even I'm thinking about doing an OnlyFans. It's gonna be called Callan Pals, right? Oh God. But, <laughs> but there's yeah, there there's a lot of me that's like, I don't know, because because I'm thinking about my future. I'm like, what do I want in five, ten years? And that's where I'm like, there's an impulsivity in only fans where you're going to make a lot of money really quick. But after that, you know, like in 10 years, what are you going to do? And I heard a girl saying, well, Hey, my video in 10 years is still going to be there. I'm still going to make money off that video. But I'm like, but, the, but for me, my perspective as a guy is, you know, when I was watching porn, I would watch a, I would watch an adult star and I'd get bored of her after a few like after a few sessions, you know what I mean? And I would move on to a different star. So I highly doubt that you're going to, your, your videos are going to last that long, especially with how many people are putting out content. Right. And there's a, there's a new, younger, prettier thing around the corner. So yeah. if you treat yourself as an object, um, just don't be, don't be surprised when you're objectified. I mean, you're, you're already going to be objectified. You're, it's just, don't be surprised when yeah. literally that's what comes into play. It sucks. And I do believe women should have autonomy and freedom to do this. Unfortunately, it's just, I mean, unless the world just super progressively gets crazy different and humans change the way we operate it, it this is kind of how it works. But speaking good luck of, to you. <laughs> speaking of objectifying, I just want to touch in on this. I was listening to a podcast with Andrew Huberman. He's amazing. Um, and he was on uh, Andrew Schultz podcast. And they were talking about objectifying women and how like there's uh, the objectifying and there's the connection. Right. And there needs to be a healthy dose of objectifying. Like there needs to be. And and I noticed this in, in my, in myself, like when, when I first start dating someone, it's mostly <laughs> objectifying, right? Like I'm, 
I'm dopamine, like rush, you know, there's like all this going on. And then the oxytocin comes in, there's connection. But then if I go too deep into connection, sometimes I lose, I see their humanity so much that I actually lose that objectifying part. And I find them less physically attractive and less enticing sexually. So there needs to be actually a healthy dose of both. And I find like the way that like women talk about fetishizing and objectifying women. It's like, it actually makes men afraid to even talk about that subject. Like even I was worried about talking about this subject. Um, so I agree with you. In fact, um, something I've been doing um, or something that I, I, I basically have thought about as a practice is that um, I want to make sure that physical attraction is there on his end towards me. I do not want to go out with anybody who cannot express that to me. Mm-hmm. I have no interest in being around somebody where I've got to go like, oh, is he like me? You know, blah, blah, blah. I want to know, like, obviously, human connection is number one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I will pull it out of a guy that I see his humanity. Like, I'm like, great. I like you. Because like, I've already done the, the checkboxing part. I've already like, okay, you you check these boxes. Now let me see if you have the mojo that I'm looking for. Yeah. <laughs> Like I, I want to be able to 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 make sure that he sees me in a certain at a certain yeah. level of a, objectification. So that's like, but that okay. So, so that's the male gaze, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Okay. I I want I need the male gaze in order to gauge whether this relationship has somewhere to actually go to because yeah. it, it for me I mean. I've been through it where I don't feel it. And, you know, you're wondering why you're not, you're, I'm not reacting physically the way that I think that I should be. So, um, I want to know that that's there and kind of early on, you don't have to have sex with the person in order to feel that, but I should know, I should know that that physical chemistry is there. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of this actually segues right into the, the, to the next one. So I've been on nine to 10 dates with this girl two months. We kissed hugged, but whenever the topics about, about sex comes up, she says, I'm not comfortable or I'm not that comfortable with you yet. Let's wait. But in our last date, we got drunk and she was trying to literally fuck me. Then she backed off, but we're both in our twenties. So what is the deal here? What do you mean talk about sex? I don't understand this whole talk about sex thing. I mean, like I talk about sex all the time, but it's not like because I talk about sex that I'm going to have sex with you. It's like, it's like, it's foreplay, man. It's like, (laughs) I don't know. It's like, you got to preheat the oven. And I feel like you're talking to a cold oven and expecting sex to happen. I'm like, no, you got to foreplay. You got to, you got to entice them and preheat the oven. And then when it's hot, sex happens. But you're treating her like a microwave, bro. She's not a man. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they've been on, so they've been on nine to 10 dates. And now every woman kind of has their own, um, their own timelines as do men. Uh, so one, I would suggest that he figure out what his timeline is and what his boundary is for getting physical with someone because nine to 10 dates. Um, I'm guessing if most of these are dinner dates, um, or, uh, project dates, you've spent, uh, at least a grand 
I'm yeah. guessing like at least a thousand dollars. So you've made an investment. Yeah, I know. I'm doing math. I'm doing like quick math. Um, and you said you've kissed and hugged, which is great. Um, but you may need some more escalation skills. So he may actually need to work on his actual physical escalation stuff. And um, if there isn't something happening with the, with kissing. Um, like for me, like kissing is very romantic and like, if you're kissing the right guy, um, yeah, things are going to escalate eventually. And there should be signs that that's happening. Like, is she making noises? Is she wanting to, like, is she pulling? No, I'm serious. Is she making noises? Is she pulling you closer? Is she wanting more kiss? Is she wanting you to touch her more? Like, how is she responding to that? I feel like this guy is last, lacking a lot of escalation skills because nine to 10 dates and she got drunk and was trying to, but then she backed off. There's, there's like a nice guy syndrome, something going on there. Right. It's yeah. gotta be. I mean, yeah, to me, it just, he's not. He's not doing any foreplay. He's not escalating on her. He's not. And another thought I have is also like what is required for sex to happen, right? It's isolation. You two are alone and you're both attracted to each other. If you're both attracted to each other, naturally sex should happen. And if you've spent four hours alone attracted to each other and nothing has happened, then to me, it's like, probably nothing's ever going to happen. You might not just, you just might not have chemistry together, or maybe you're just not tapped into your mojo and your sexuality to bring that stuff out. And if that's probably the case, uh, but there, but even if a guy who has worked on that, uh, there, there are some women that I just, I don't find, I want to engage in that way. Like even, even though mentally I might think I do, my body does not engage. So the, Same it might thing be a with lack women. of chemistry. It might be a lack of chemistry or a lack of you uh, knowing how to escalate, and it's probably both. Right. Yeah. Right. So good luck. Work on your escalation skills. Okay. <laughs> I know I said I had two more, but actually there is one more, and I want to do it because it's about the friend zone, and I okay. think you're going to be excellent about this. But after that, we'll go. This is going to be a long episode, you guys. So merry, episode. merry Christmas to Mer- you. <laughs> okay. So I've grown really close with a friend over the last six months and we have a very tight bond. It's obviously we deep, it's obvious that we deeply care about each other. And she tells her friends how I'm such a great guy to her. However, she's, she is scared to date me because I'm the last person she would ever want to hurt. Or that's what she says. And she's not fully over her ex who, who abused her for a long time. She has uh, also said that I'm not her type. She is gorgeous. I'm good looking, but she likes big country guys and I am not one. She, we ended up sleeping together and it was great, but she's been busy in the days since. So I haven't gotten to see her one-on-one other than hanging out with friends. She's also asked me to move in with her into an apartment after she graduates and moves. I basically told her that I don't want to move in with another woman that I'm not potentially going to date. I can't tell if she's using me or she does care about me, but has some issues that need that she needs to resolve. Uh, probably all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, to me, like you're, he's probably giving her what she needs emotionally, and she doesn't really need anything physical from him. 
And that's enough for her. Like that's the capacity of the relationship. Um, and he's, I, I think he's just trying to force it to kind of go somewhere. And I always say love is like a fart. If you have to force it, it's probably shit. Right. So, but the friend zone is a tricky, tricky fucker. I find that if you are not interacting with someone in a sexual or in a, in a flirtatious in a man to woman way immediately, then you can fall into the friend zone because you're not taking any risk in those relationships. And when you end up taking risk months later, it's like, whoa, what the fuck? I mean, I thought we were this. I mean, I see you like a brother to me. You're like a brother to me, like all that kind of language. The only way that I found that I can get out of the friend zone in those kind of situations is to take space, like literally cut cords, like just take space. And it's not like out of, and it shouldn't come from a place of I'm going to get you by doing this. It's like, literally you need to take space. And some, and what ends up happening is if you guys reconnect a year later, she doesn't know what happened in that year. Like there's been growth there and there's like this automatic respect that comes along with not seeing someone for a while that when you see each other again, you can actually act in that man to woman way at this point. And it's, you're like a new person to a, to a certain degree. So I find that that's one way to get out of the friend zone. I find everything else is just kind of happenstance. Like there are certain situations that might happen, like him sleeping with her that could sometimes end up in a positive way. I've I've seen that happen. But most often I find that people need to take space to to re to look at the relationship in a different light. She's probably taking that space after they slept together because he said like she's been busy in the days since and that they haven't gotten to hang out one on one other than hanging out with friends. So she herself is already taking space. Um, and then he set a, he set a boundary, which I think was really good, which is saying like, Hey, I'm, I don't want to move in with somebody that I'm not going to potentially date. So she's being confronted with, um, cause sometimes, especially with very attractive women, um, you have to, we have to like, um be faced with like a consequence of that person not being there in order for us to feel like to understand our attraction level because sometimes we don't right away um do you know what i mean like um if you have a lot of options and you have experienced some trauma and you're not sure if you want to you know because we you can work through trauma while you're in relationships you don't need to be perfect but you, there are times where you want to be, um, purposefully single, like, you know, like, okay. And she is being hit with that choice. So I think it's, it's going to, she's, it sounds like she's smart enough to, to, um, resolve this. I, I agree with Cal that like, you know, taking that space for like him taking his own space and, and setting that boundary where like, he maybe doesn't just say anything. He, he's not trying to put pressure on the relationship at all. He just goes on and starts dating other people and moving on with his life. That's going to put it to her in a lot of ways. So, and he shouldn't do that. Like you said, for her, he should do that for himself so that yeah. he gains the confidence so that like, you know, there are more gorgeous out women out there that you'll be attracted to that you may like more that yeah. you may like want to be around more. So, you know, don't, don't hold on to something. Don't hold on to a sandcastle. Basically it washes away. 
mm. pretty easily. So oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. No, I like that he set a boundary and the boundary is his, right? It's like <laughs> it's like this is what I want and I'm gonna respect my boundaries. So if you can't give that to me, it's okay, but I'm gonna go and look for it somewhere else. But yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I agree. Well, you guys. It's been great. This was fun. I like these. We should definitely do more of these. I think maybe like once a month or something. Yeah. We just that was fun. get some, yeah, we just get some random uh, online stuff. You guys can also send us questions um, at it's the approach at gmail.com. We're happy to answer. You can also DM us on our Instagrams and um you know wherever we are social media wise i'm sure you'll you can find us and uh we'd love to answer your questions and yeah i can hopefully give you more advice and information on how to maneuver the dating world ho ho hoes merry christmas guys thank you humans (laughs) for listening to the approach we will see you guys next week (laughs) bye